I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. You're listening to episode 122. Today's thought from above is, take leaps with faith. If you missed the pod episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, from Colossians 3, 1 and 2, where Paul encourages us to set our minds on things above. Setting our minds on good, beautiful, and true thoughts, on uplifting, encouraging, life-giving, biblically-based thoughts from above is not easy. And that is why we do this podcast, to provide for you in each episode a thought from above that you can dwell upon so that your heart will be warmed and you will become an epiphany of grace. In the hometown where I grew up, Arvada, Colorado, every year we had something called the Harvest Festival. At one Harvest Festival, I went by myself in the afternoon, and there was all kinds of the usual things that were fun to do. One year, to my surprise, there was a free throw contest where you could win a stuffed animal. And the grand prize was a giant stuffed St. Bernard, which I thought was awesome. And I thought, wow, I think my girlfriend would really like that. Now, I was a pretty good basketball player, played basketball in high school, and I shot a lot of free throws. At one point, I would shoot 100 free throws a day. So I thought, hey, I think I have a shot. The problem was you had to make seven in a row to win the big stuffed St. Bernard. So I tried it. My first try, it was a dollar to get seven shots, and I missed around the fourth shot. Tried again, I missed around the fifth shot. But the third time that I did it, I actually made seven in a row. And when I was starting to get close, The old carnival barker guy was going, he's made five, he's made six. And at this point, there was a crowd of people that were watching and kind of cheering me on, which was nice. So when I made the seventh one, they cheered. I got the big stuffed St. Bernard, and I was so excited. And I turned, and there was a mom and dad and a little girl who was about 10 years old. And she was holding up a dollar, and she says, please, sir, would you shoot for me? (laughs) I thought... Oh, no. I mean, I don't know if I can do that again. But I looked at the mom and dad. The mom and dad were like nodding and smiling. I thought, okay, she wants me to do it. So I gave the guy the dollar and took my shot. I made the first. I made the second. I made the third. I made the fourth. And I missed on the fifth. And I was so bummed. I looked at this little girl and I said, I'm so sorry. And she was like, it's okay. You really tried. It's okay. Thank you. But I was heartbroken. I thought, oh my gosh, this is just so painful. She really, really trusted that I could do it. Now, why am I telling you this story? Because what I want to talk about in today's episode is what is faith? So today's thought from above is to take leaps with faith. And that means I need to explain what faith is. And I want to explain what faith is in light of spiritual blindness and how we have faith to overcome our spiritual blindness. So in order to do this, the first thing I want to do is to define what faith is. What is faith? Faith is an extension of knowledge based on knowledge. Quite often we define faith as trying to believe what we don't really believe. We'd we'd like to believe it, but we don't really. And we think, well, I just have to have faith. So it's kind of a blind idea that I'm just going to try to grip my teeth and and hope this happens. 
But faith, by its definition, is an extension of knowledge based on knowledge. What does that mean? It means that we know something, we've come to know something, and then we act, by faith, on what we know. That's what true faith really is. It's not without any foundation. Faith is something that is an extension of knowledge based on knowledge. So that story about that little girl was a story about faith. She saw me make seven in a row. So she knew, hey, this guy can do it. It's possible for him to do it. But she didn't know it. She knew that I was capable of it. But by faith, she gave me that dollar in order to try to do it. Now, of course, I let her down. That's the bummer part. But my point is that it wasn't a, a kind of faith that was just completely unfounded. So with that in mind, I want to talk about a story, one of my favorite stories in the Gospels. It's a story of the healing of a man named Bartimaeus. It's in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. Pretty well-known story about this man named Bartimaeus. We don't often get the names of people that Jesus heals, but his name is Bartimaeus. He's the son of Timaeus, and he's a blind beggar, Mark tells us. And this would mean that he would sit on the roadside. This is what was very common in Jesus' day. Beggars would sit by the roadside. They'd sit on their coat and beg. And so that's how people knew, oh, that's a beggar. They'd see the coat that they were sitting on. And then at night, they'd wear the coat to keep them warm. But it was a part of signifying who they were. So as Jesus comes by, Bartimaeus hears, hey, Jesus is coming. And so he starts shouting. Mark tells us he shouts, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people around him sternly ordered him to be quiet. But he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Then Mark tells us that Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he's calling you. So throwing off his coat, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Let me say that again. Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately, Mark says, he regained his sight and followed Jesus on the way. Now, this is a great story. It's one of the many healing stories, and there are many actually healing stories of blindness in the Gospels, because quite often those stories of healing about blindness works on two levels. One, the physical level, Bartimaeus had his sight restored, but in another sense, it's about spiritual blindness. And when I think about this story, I think about the five things that speak to me, five things that I think we can learn from formerly blind Bartimaeus. The first one is this. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. I confess to you that I am prone to try to solve my problems with every other means than to turn to Jesus. I confess to you, my brothers and sisters, I'll run into an obstacle or a problem or a difficulty, a situation with someone I'm, I'm concerned about. And quite often, prayer is not the first, not even the second thing I'll do. Often it's the last thing that I'll do. What I love about Bartimaeus is Bartimaeus, once he hears, hey, Jesus is in our midst, he goes, Bart Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He doesn't hesitate to reach out to Jesus. I find this a great challenge and a great encouragement to me because I don't know how your life is, but in my life, there are things that I run into and I want to learn how to turn to Jesus. 
a part of my spiritual blindness is thinking that I can do these things myself, do them without Jesus. And I love the story for that reason. The second thing that I think we can learn from Bartimaeus is this. Don't let others hold us back. I've noticed it in in my life and in the lives of people that I'm close to that we're very prone to let other people limit us. Oh, this is that's all she's good for or that's all he can do. And we take people and even ourselves and limit us on the basis of how we think we can accomplish something or what we can't do. Bartimaeus was a blind beggar. He was very limited in that sense. And so when he cries out to Jesus, the people immediately go, hey, 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 shush, hey, Bart, back off. He doesn't want to talk to someone like you. That is illustrative, I think, of what happens to many of us. I know it happens to me where I begin to think, well, I don't think I'm capable of this. People have told me I'm that. Sometimes it's your parents. Sometimes it's friends or teachers. People who say, hey, you'll never really amount to anything. This is all you're capable of. That's spiritual blindness to let other people limit us. Fortunately, Bartimaeus kept crying out until Jesus said, hey, bring him here. And then, of course, he was healed and began to follow Jesus on the way. A third thing that we can learn from Bartimaeus is this. We are of great worth. We are of great worth. One of the things that I've come to realize is that we live in a culture that has these incredibly toxic self-narratives about our value. Henry Nouwen, who is so important in my life, Henry Nouwen says, in our culture, there are three things by which we define people. That we say this, I am what I have, I am how I look, I am what I do. Those three things are pretty spot on, I think, for how we evaluate other people and ourselves. I am what I have, I am how I look, I am what I do. We live in a society with a pecking order a way that we evaluate other people's value and begin to say, oh, this person's important, this person isn't important. What I love about the story of Bartimaeus is that he reaches out to Jesus and Jesus shows his worth. This is so crucial for us today. I think of all the things that that Bartimaeus challenges me on, or Jesus challenges me on, because Jesus shows him his worth, this one may be the most important. One of the most important stories I think that came out of the news in the last few months is the story about what is called the Facebook whistleblower, a person who worked at Facebook, and um, she shared some internal memos. And Facebook, who owns Instagram, was well aware through some of their own internal studies that Instagram was toxic to young girls, that it was creating a really negative self-image. They had record of it. They did surveys. They found that they that these young girls who would go on Instagram would feel worse about themselves after they got off. Now, I think that's fascinating. Now, I'm not blaming Instagram or Facebook. I'm blaming a culture in which that is how we define people's worth because they'd go on and they'd see, oh, this person who's in great shape or with these filters, they look really beautiful. And they would begin to think, wow, I'm less than. I'm not as good as. That's the toxic nature of our culture. Everyone he encounters, Jesus shows their worth. It could be a child 
who were very low in the caste system in Jesus' day, or a woman who was not treated with great respect in Jesus' day, thought of as property, or a, a sinful person, a person who was broken, and certainly anyone who was sick in some way or had some kind of illness, they were thought of as less than. At every turn, Jesus is showing the sacred value of people. That's something that I think we need badly in our culture today, where there's such spiritual blindness to the worth of the, everyone around us, including ourselves. A fourth thing that I learned from Bartimaeus is that it's not the level of our faith, but the object of our faith that matters. Quite often, I think we have faith in faith. We think that, well, what's really important is my level of faith. Do I have enough faith? Is there a way I could have more faith? Did that prayer not get answered because I didn't have enough faith? But consistently through the Gospels, Jesus is always showing that it's not the level or the amount of a person's faith, but the object of their faith that matters. And what is the object of their faith in every one of these stories? Jesus. They have confidence in Jesus. Now, there's no way that Bartimaeus could have fully grasped who Jesus was as the second member of the Trinity who created the universe. He had just heard, hey, this guy has been healing people. He's been feeding people with a, with a sack lunch, 5,000 people he fed. He walked on water. He raised some from the dead. He's heard stories, and his faith is built on that. Remember, faith is an extension of knowledge based on knowledge. I've heard what he can do. The faith of Bartimaeus was in Jesus. It was not in his faith. We often treat faith as like the little engine that could. I think I can. I think I can. It's not about what we do. It's about Jesus, the object of our faith. I know I struggle with that kind of spiritual blindness to say, it isn't about what I do, the I, I, I. It's about Jesus. I want to have that kind of vision in my life. The fifth and final thing that we can learn from Bartimaeus is that At some point, at some point, we have to throw off our coats. Bartimaeus, when he was called, got up and threw aside his coat. There's no wasted words in the gospel. So when Mark tells us that, that's important. What Bartimaeus was saying was, I'm ready to leave this. I think this guy, I believe, I have faith that this guy can restore my sight. And if that's the case, if he does... Life as I knew it is over. I'm no longer a blind beggar. I'm now a person who's been set free. I've noticed in my own life that I am prone to cling to false self-narratives, things that I picked up along the way, things that I began to believe about myself that were negative. And sometimes it's hard to let them go. Maybe it was a parent or someone who said something to you and you're going to still carry that. And you think, I don't know if I could live without that self-narrative. But those coats are those things that we have to just let go, to throw them off and say, I'm going to run to Jesus and let him define who I am. Let him determine my future. Those are five things that when I look at the story of Bartimaeus, I walk away with with great encouragement. But how do we apply this? How do we take leaps with faith, which is my thought from above? How do we do it? The first thing is to realize this. We don't have to make it happen. I've talked about that before on this podcast. And remember, there's that mug I have, my favorite mug with Dallas Willard's face on it, and that quote from Dallas, you don't have to make it happen. One way that we can take a leap with faith is this, invite God to do what you cannot do by direct effort. 
Invite God to do something in your life that you can't do by direct effort. Now, C.S. Lewis famously said, look, if you've got weeds in your garden, don't pray about them. Pluck them up because you have the power to do that. But there's so many things in our lives that we don't have the power to do. They're bigger than us. And that's why one way to take a leap with faith is to invite God to do what you can't do by direct effort. And here's what's going to happen when you do. A sure sign that God is at work is that the results are incommensurate with our efforts. The results are incommensurate with our efforts. I love the story, and I've told it many times, of of Richard Foster and how he came to me back in, in the late 80s, and he said, Hey, Jim, I really feel called to start this ministry. I want to call it Renovare, which is a funny name. In Latin, it means to renew. And he said, and I think, I think the church needs to hear this message. And so we prayed about it, and we said, let's do it. And we signed a 501c3 nonprofit document, and we became a ministry. And we had nothing. We absolutely had nothing. We had just enough. Someone had given us a little bit of money, and we bought a laser printer with it. We bought that so that we could produce some literature that we would go out, and when we would do these conferences, we could at least give people something. So Richard famously said, all we had when we started was God and a laser printer, which was funny. But that's all that we had. But we, by faith, by trusting in Jesus, we did this work. And for the next eight years, Richard and I traveled all around the country. We did 56 Renovari regional conferences. We slowly began to lead people in a way of spiritual formation that started to make a difference. And fast forward 10 years, 20 years, into 30 years of that ministry. And today it's recognized as a really significant ministry in spiritual formation. But we started out with nothing but God and a laser printer. And so that's a sure sign because the results were way more incommensurate than our efforts. We, Richard and I were just two guys trying to do something for God. God's the one who made it work. So you may wonder, well, what happened after I missed shooting those baskets for that little girl to get the stuffed animal? Well, I tried to give her the one that I'd already won, but she absolutely wouldn't take it. She looked at me and said, no, 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 no. That's one you already won. I gave you money to make one for me, and, and, and you didn't, so it's okay. And she was very insistent on it, so I walked away. I hadn't got too far away, and I was stopped in my tracks, and I thought, oh, man, I can't, I can't not try to win that stuffed St. Bernard for this little girl. So I went back, and I handed the guy a dollar, and I took the shots. I missed around the fourth shot, I think. I handed him another dollar. I missed again, probably around the fifth shot. I don't know. And I gave him another dollar, and I shot. And I made the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. I made the seventh one, and I got that second dog. And I took off running around this carnival trying to find this little girl and her mom and dad, and I did. And I gave it to her and I said, hey, I went back and I shot one more time and I won this for you. She lit up like a Christmas tree. It was a beautiful moment in my life. The bad news was it was my last dollar, which was my bus money to get home. So I had to walk home about three miles to get back to my house. But it was a glorious walk because essentially I did the next thing I knew to be right and trusted God to be with me. And it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. How do we live this out? I would encourage you to ask this question. In what area of my life do I sense God is calling me to take a leap with faith? Or when you run into a roadblock or experience a setback or encounter a problem, 
turn to Jesus in prayer first, not second or third. And I think it's helpful to ask ourselves, is there a toxic self-narrative, I'm not enough, I'm unworthy, things like that, that you need to let go of? Let it go. By faith, take a leap with faith. Let those things go and lean into the love of God that loves you first and always. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I hope you join me next week for episode 123. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith, and you can learn more about this podcast. And if you'd like to donate to the Things About Podcast, you can. You can do so on our website, apprenticeinstitute.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind, your answer will be, things above.